This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, May 28th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, the Savage One, Mr. Tony Spark. Tony, how you doing on this Friday? Hey, doing good, man. It is uh, Friday. We finally made it to the end of the week, right before a nice holiday weekend we have ahead of us, the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, looking forward to going up to the mountains. My sister's coming down, and uh, you know... Also in the sports world, the Nuggets won last night. So I'm doing pretty damn good. How you doing, buddy? Uh, More good news all around. Yeah, looking forward to the uh, long weekend, taking a little bit of a break, enjoying the nice weather. And uh, yeah, you know, glad it's Friday, but, uh, you know, sad to see another week go. Uh, I don't know if I'm sad to see a week go or anything. All right. But uh, now this week wasn't my favorite week of weeks, so I ain't sad. I mean, I'm sad I guess I'm sad for you that it was a sad week to go. <laughs> I guess as we get older, we should we should be kind of sad another week goes by, right? It's, yeah, just a little another, too fast, that's all. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> I, I see what you mean with that, so. Well, with all that being said, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host. Now, Tony, uh, I came across this story and it got me thinking about a conversation you and I had uh, offline eh, a couple days ago about how uh, over here in one of the main uh, strip mall thoroughfares, they had put in a Adam and Eve, basically adult toy store, uh, which is right next to a main road. Essentially, if you're going in there to shop, uh, anybody who's driving by can see exactly who's going in, who's coming out. And uh, obviously, there's no privacy there. And we were talking about how, you know, obviously with mail order and Amazon and everything that uh, is available to us technology-wise, what's the need for a retail location like that? Exactly, especially right off where everyone can see. I mean, it's kind of an eyesore. You kind of want to keep those in more discreet areas. Exactly. Now, speaking of discreet, if you were to order a adult toy online, how would you expect it to show up? Well, if I were to order anything like that, I'd expect it to either be like in a black like completely discreet bat a like one of those thick bags or a box or something 
Because when I was a young guy and used to get Playboy, Playboy used to come in a real was it like in a black sleeve all the time. You can never see the cover. Oh, uh-huh. so. <laughs> but it was probably a pretty good guess on what was on the inside. You knew what it, yeah, you knew what was in it, but uh, you know. Especially, I'm sure the the mail carriers knew what that was because they probably got it themselves. You well, know, that is so that was a big thing back in the '90s, right? If you had a Playboy subscription, Ooh. well, that's a perfect segue because a mom was left mortified after an X-rated purchase she had made online turned up at her doorstep, much less discreet than expected. The 21-year-old had splashed right, out on a sex toy online, only to be handed uh, the explicit parcel by her postman, who knew exactly what was inside. While the packaging looked like any other parcel's packaging, a description of what is contained is clear to see on the front and reads, Satisfier Clit Sucker Next Generation. (laughs) She had purchased the $15 sex toy from Amazon last year and, recalling the very awkward moment, says she was left mortified and turned bright red when she saw the delivery guy smirking. I felt mortified. I went bright red. I just closed the door and thought, typical me. I just wanted the ground to open up and eat me. It was less than discreet, she revealed. She explained that when she purchased the toy, it stated that the, dis- uh, that the discretion of delivery details is a primary consideration. However, when she got a text to alert her that a delivery had arrived and then saw the delivery guy smiling as he rocked up to her house, she noticed that the product's full description was visible on his scanner as he scanned the package. It was awful. I looked at him as if to say, please, I hope you've not seen it. And he looked back to say, I know what's in there. At the time, she joked, she looked the part as she opened the door in her dressing gown. The kid stood behind her and her hair pulled in uh, into a mom bun. To make things more awkward, the embarrassed recipient revealed that the same delivery guy still delivers all of her packages and vented that she got years of embarrassment to come. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you're ordering those things online, uh, make sure it is a truly discreet thing. Otherwise, uh, you know, your delivery guy might want to be delivering you a package, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, too. So the the lady wants the world to eat her, right? Like, just swallow up because she's so embarrassed. Like, doesn't this, like, getting out there in this story, doesn't that set it up for more embarrassment? Yeah, you know, it's Just funny. Because like it became a whole article, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I don't want anyone to know. Just kidding. Here I am on a rooftop. Hello, I bought a sex toy. It's called the Clitomatic 3000. <laughs> it eats you and the clitty, and it's the commander. Oh, also – Hey, Mr. Postman, wink, wink, nod, nod. I was so mortified. That's how movies start. <laughs> I was, so, I yeah, I was so embarrassed that I want millions of people to know online. Yes, yeah, I want the world to know that I posted it on my social media. Like, subscribe, follow, like the Christian Phoenix Show, and you just share it all over. That I just, I want to die because everyone knows I bought the Clitomatic Three. <laughs> good point, Tone. Very, very good yeah. point. But that is pretty embarrassing if you if you didn't mean for that to happen and you didn't want to share your story. Yeah, I can imagine that as a lady and then a, a fervor of a mailman coming to your door. I can see that being pretty bad. Exactamundo. Well, folks, it is Friday. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the week. We're looking forward to the weekend, but not before we bring you guys good news, everyone. We have a segment uh, that we like to revisit every 
now and again, called Whatever Happened to the Cast of? Well, you got to stay tuned to find out. We round out the day with This Day in History, and uh, you know what? Stay tuned after the break. We will be right back. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Loot Crate box. What's today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And we've got a little thing we talk about each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you received a not-so-discreet adult toy package from your postman, we want to hear about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is Friday, and as we like to do on Fridays, you know, with so much bad news, vitriol, divisiveness, hatred out there, especially propagated in the media, you know, we like to turn the tables a little bit, take you guys into the weekend on an up note with a segment I like to call Good News, Everyone. <clears throat> so kicking things off, the first time Edward Martell stood in Judge Bruce Morrow's Wayne County courtroom. He was a 27-year-old high school dropout with a lengthy rap sheet that stretched back to his early teen years. It was 2005 and Martell had been out on bail when he was arrested in a drug sting in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, days before his mother's birthday. After pleading guilty to selling and manufacturing crack cocaine, Martell could have spent the next 20 years in prison. On May 14th, Martell returned to Morrow's courtroom in a meeting first reported by Deadline Detroit. Martell brought two lawyers and his family. Dressed in a three-piece suit and bow tie, he raised his hand as he faced Morrow. I, Edward Martell, do solemnly swear, he began. After Martell finished the oath, he and Morrow hugged. The judge was looking at Martell, who at age 43 had just become a newly sworn member of the State Bar of Michigan. Ed has been in the courtroom at least 50 times in the past 15 years, Morrow told the Washington Post on Tuesday, and he came in that day with the biggest smile on his face. He was just ready to pop. It was far different scene from when the two met in the courtroom nearly 16 years ago. Martell said it would be easy for anyone to look at his record and see a career criminal. The justice system had given him chances to negotiate pleas to lesser offenses, but he figured his luck had run out. 
Any other judge would have flushed me, Martel told the Post. But where Martel saw himself as a lost cause, Morrow saw a smart, even brilliant young man who had rebounded from setbacks. I can imagine Ed being a brown man coming from an economically depressed environment, having been chased by police and put in handcuffs, never thinking this is where love would come from, Morrow said of Martel. Instead of throwing the book at Martel, the judge gave him three years of probation and a challenge to return to court next time with an achievement such as becoming a corporate executive. It was kind of in jest, but he understood I believed he could be anything he wanted to be, Morrow said. Martel said was set in his ways, yet encouraged by Morrow's faith in him and galvanized by his challenge. For the next 15 years, the two regularly kept in touch, usually speaking at least every two months as Martel tried to put more space between the man he was and the man Morrow believed he could be. The path wasn't always smooth. He violated probation before completing his three-year term. When he gathered the courage to go to the community college in 2008, he was discouraged from pursuing law because of his record. At that time, I was just a felon with a dream, Martel said. They advised me to study heating and cooling. After graduating with an associate's degree, Martel said he went on to earn academic scholarships from the University of Detroit Mercy for undergrad and law school. He later got a clerkship with the Federal Public Defender and the District of Columbia. Morrow made the eight-hour drive to D.C. and took Martel to lunch before driving back to Detroit. It has always been part of Morrow's nature to see a person's humanity even when they're in the worst situations of their lives, said Sean Perkins, a former partner at the Perkins Law Group in Detroit, where Martell worked as a legal researcher. Perkins knows both men personally and professionally. They're still human beings, and he treats them as such, Perkins told The Post. Martell impressed Perkins with his resourcefulness. Ed, it's almost like there's nothing he can't do. He stepped up to the plate, and I'm talking about a lot of occasions. Despite more than a decade of glowing academic success and solid work history, Martel's dream of becoming a lawyer was never a certainty. The second step in the state bar application process, the character and fitness evaluation, is what Morrow described as the ultimate background check, and especially stringent in Michigan. It's often an incidental step for younger applicants without much work or life history, but given Martel's criminal record, the process could have doomed his application. The main thing they look for is candor. I let them know I am remorseful, that I'm downright embarrassed, Martel said of his past. I am the same person, but I don't think like that anymore. I'm evolved. He submitted a more than 1,200-page application and had lawyers from the Perkins Law Group and Morrow among his advisors. After 15 minutes of deliberation, the Character and Fitness Board gave him the approval. My tears started like a baby. I've been chasing this dream for 13 years, not even knowing what's at the end of this tunnel, Martel said. In Morrow's courtroom on May 14th, there were tears once again, but this time of happiness. The partners at Perkins, where Martell would be joining the practice, gave him a monogrammed leather briefcase and a pen with his initials. Martell's mother read scripture from the Bible. Morrow basked in the happiness of the day, he said, but he does not take credit for Martell's success. Both men share deeply a deep faith and credit God with their shared story how it's played out. Most failures, Morrow said, are because people who need help never get it, adding, there's no such thing in my mind as a self-made person. So it's amazing to see somebody with such a criminal past, busted on drug charges, a, a felon, take those 15 years, turn his life around with the support of the judge who could have thrown him away and become a lawyer, really turn the table and take that uh, initiative to make something of himself. Which is why that makes that my... Good news, everyone! 
That's great news, especially after when we do like our fun Florida man on Thursday. You talk about like the idiots that go to uh, prison, right? And then they go right back and do the same dumb crap over and over. Where in this story, you know, he went out and did good for himself and phenomenally turned his life completely around. Exactly. You know, that's pretty good. Reminds me kind of like... Tim Allen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, he had, like, in the 70s, big druggie, had a lot of issues, and uh, who would have thought he'd ha- go on to have the career he's had? Um, so it can be done. So awesome, exactly. awesome stuff. Yeah, mine has nothing to do with old uh, druggy drugs, but uh, this one kind of inspired me because of um, – I chose this this story this week a lot because uh, our good friend Mike uh, Yendra um, had something very similar to this uh, in reuniting with a uh, a long lost dad because he was adopted. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, so this story's pretty dang cool. It reminds me; it's very similar to his. So, um, can you imagine as a kid turning in to see your favorite TV show, never realizing the actress playing one of the leading roles was your mother? It sounds like something from a sitcom script, but that's what happened to Lisa Wright. The show Wright was watching, that's my mama. We doubt even Hollywood could have made that one up. Um, It's true. Seems pretty coincidental. That's my mama. (laughs) As with many adoptions at the time, Wright's birth records were sealed, having been well-loved by her adoptive parents. She didn't have a burning desire to search out her biological mother. All that changed at age 54, Wright's son suggested she get a DNA test to learn more about her family's genetics. The DNA results revealed Wright had a match, an uncle. In their initial conversation, Wright's uncle asked her to fill him in on any details she knew about her birth. She was able to tell him or her date of birth and that her mom, who'd gotten pregnant when she was very young, wanted a career in Hollywood. Her uncle knew a lot more and was thrilled to tell her. Wright's mom turned out to be Lynn Moody, whose impressive resume includes stints on Chicago Hope, Beverly Hills 90210, Knott's Landing, General Hospital, and a host of other TV and film credits. Not only did her uncle reveal who Wright's birth mother was, he also let her mom had never forgotten the daughter she had given up. The family had actually been looking for her, hoping someday to reconnect. When Wright Googled her mom's names, the realization was stunning. She was finally seeing a face that looked like her own. She knew she belonged. Not long after the epiphany, Wright's phone rang again. It was an ecstatic moody. A voice on the other end says, is this my daughter? And then I just went, oh my God, is this my mother? Wright told today. And then she goes, yes, sweetie, this is your mom. It was just the most indescribable feeling. The irony of growing up watching her mom on TV and not knowing it was nothing compared to the joy the two felt when they were were reunited the very next day. Moody likened finding her daughter to giving birth a second time, at least on an emotional level. Of course, not everyone searching out their heritage is going to turn up a TV star in the family tree. But this mother-daughter team hopes their story inspires other adoptive kids and their birth parents to welcome the connection if and when it does come their way. Life is full of surprises sometimes, 
So hang in there no matter what your circumstances are, Moody told today. Be open to miracles, be open to surprises, and keep the faith. Um, and, th- and I just think that's a great story because our friend Mike, he, uh, you know, he did, I think that, I, and I could be wrong, it was either uh, 23andMe or Ancestry. I'm not 100% sure which one it was. Okay. But anyways, he did something very similar. And then uh, it, his dad, his birth father turned out to be the voice of the Nebraska Huskers. So he grew up listening to his dad as the voice of the Huskers as a kid. And and he did, he would do the promos on the air. He's their big media guy. And Mike wanted to be a media guy for the Huskers. He was going to go interview with them one time, but something fell through it. Very similar stuff. And that's why I chose that this week to be my good news story. Um, you know, in honor of my buddy, Mike. So, that's very cool. There you go. Yeah, kind yeah. of, uh, you know, made me think of uh, when bon- Barney Stinson thought his dad was uh, Bob Barker on How I Met Your Mother. But uh, yeah. in this yeah. case, yeah. it turned out to be you know real life. And I never knew that about uh, Mike. So, uh, you know, I'd say on two cases, that certainly qualifies as good news, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic news. Yeah, well, love, love hearing stuff like that. I think it's so cool, you know. Totally. Um, in fact, they can just reconnect. And that's the same thing. Uh, Mike and his dad had very similar stuff. They met. They look. They look very much alike. They talk very similar. It's very crazy. You know, and Mike still has, a, obviously, the love for his adoptive parents. That's his parents. But now he has this whole new relationship with his father and everything. And it's so damn cool. And, and it's great for her to have this new relationship with her mother. So, yeah, good way to go on a Friday good news there. Absolutely. Very cool. Love these stories. Well, folks, when we come back, we've got a segment called Whatever Happened to the Cast of... Well, stay tuned for about three minutes and you will find out exactly who we're talking about. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, if you want to uh, see us from the comfort of your own home or on the go, you can download the ngbn.tv Smart TV app or mobile application, just find the Phoenix Media channel in there. You can get this show and all of the other great Phoenix Media shows there as well. And if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio of course with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony Spark, that's S-P-A-R-K 81, or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. So uh, with this segment, uh, you know, every once in a while, we take a look at a cast of an older movie, of an older TV show, to find out, uh, you know, where have they been? Typically, I like to find ones where, uh, you know, the stars have sort of gone out of the limelight a little bit and, uh, you know, might be making something of themselves in another area. Well, I figured with the release of yesterday's Friends reunion special, today we'd be looking at whatever happened to the cast of, well, Friends. No one told you life was gonna be this way. 
So obviously we all know who the Friends stars are, but uh, most of them didn't go on to have huge careers afterwards, and uh, many of them went behind the camera. I'd say probably the most prominent was uh, Jennifer Aniston, who played Rachel. Well, after the show ended, Aniston has won a SAG Award for Outstanding Performance by a female actor in a drama series for her role as Alex Levy on Apple TV Plus's The Morning Show. Aniston and Reese Witherspoon serve as executive producers on the show, which has a second season on the way. Aniston has also continued showing off her comedic chops with tons of films over the years. She starred in comedies like He's Just Not That Into You, Horrible Bosses, and We're the Millers. We're the Millers is definitely my favorite of those. Aniston has also been recognized for her philanthropic efforts with St. Jude's Research Hospital and Stand Up to Cancer. The actress has always been vocal about shutting down questions regarding her personal life. In 2016, she penned a powerful essay clapping back at people who have body shamed her and speculated about whether or not she's pregnant. I'm fed up with the sport-like scrutiny of body shaming that occurs daily under the guise of journalism, the First Amendment, and celebrity news, she wrote. We are complete with or without a mate, with or without a child, Aniston said. We get to decide for ourselves what is beautiful when it comes to our bodies. That decision is ours and ours alone. Her essay was also praised by then-husband Justin Thoreau, who she married in 2015. The couple revealed their split in early 2018. Aniston starred as former beauty pageant queen Rosie in the 2018 Netflix movie Dumplin' and led the film Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler. Aniston and the main cast members from Friends obviously uh, did the reunion special, so you get a, a little more sense of where she's at, what uh, you know, what she's doing these days. But uh, she was definitely the most prominent of the uh, Friends cast for sure. Oh yeah, she went on to have a really big career. Um, I love most of her stuff, not everything, but uh, she's always enjoyable in her roles. I always enjoy seeing her. I so, do too. I do too. And yeah, and we're she's beautiful still to this day so yep yeah we're the millers was great uh, even murder mystery with adam sandler wasn't too bad i never saw that one i know that was a netflix sandler but, uh, <laughs> yeah well the next friend we're going to be looking at is uh, david schwimmer who played ross on the show uh, since then schwimmer appeared on nbc's will and grace revival and the 2019 film the laundromat the actor voiced Melman the Giraffe in the Madagascar movies. Schwimmer starred as Robert Kardashian on the People vs. O.J. Simpson American Crime Story. His performance as the lawyer also earned him a primetime Emmy nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Limited Series or a Movie at the 2016 Award Show. Schwimmer has also had recurring roles as Deborah Messing's on-screen love interest and blogger named Noah on the Will & Grace revival. Back in October 2018, Schwimmer made headlines due to his seemingly uncanny resemblance to a suspected criminal in Blackpool, England. I forgot about that. The Friends star <laughs> noticed the news and made a parody video where he was seen pretending to steal a crate of beers and pleading innocent. Um, and he's done a lot of stuff behind the camera, directed uh, sitcom episodes, and uh, does a lot of producing and writing as well. Um, in watching the reunion special, uh, you get the sense that uh, his acting style and everything that he did was extremely calculated, that uh, you know nothing was by accident, and uh, probably the smartest of the entire group. Yeah, he definitely is a very smart one. And he didn't go on to do too many roles in movies. It seemed like he kind of picked his stuff. I can remember his one big break when was Six Days, Seven Nights, or or was it Six Days, Six Nights with Anne Heche? And, no, uh, that's, that's Harrison Ford. 
Oh, well, he, he, he had a bit role in there. He yeah. was because yeah, he was Anne Hache's boyfriend in there. That's like, right. And then she went on that she got stuck with Harrison Ford and fell in love with him because he was the boyfriend. That's so. right. No, that, the, that's one of the things I remember him being movie wise. So. The one that comes to mind for me was the pallbearer with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh yeah, that was his, that was where his leading role was. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. let's, let's move on to our next friend star, Courtney Cox, who played Monica Geller. She actually will be reprising her role as Gail Weathers for the star-studded movie Scream 5, which they're just titling Scream again for some reason. Yeah, which is, yeah we talked about that. It's weird that uh, horror, that movies do that, but okay. <laughs> well, it's the, confusing. The cast of the upcoming movie includes returning cast members Nev Campbell and David Arquette, plus U Season 2 star Jenna Ort. Uh, star Jenna Ortega and the boys actor Jack Quaid, who's great in that uh, show. After Friends, Cox starred on her own show called Cougar Town. The series lasted for six seasons, beginning on ABC and concluding on TBS in 2015. You might have also seen the actress appear on shows like Shameless, Modern Family, and Drunk History. In 2014, Cox got engaged to Snow Patrol guitarist Johnny McDade, who she met through Ed Sheeran. During an appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show in 2019, Cox said that she and McDade aren't engaged anymore, but they are still together. And uh, she has definitely hit the uh, uh, the plastic surgery uh, train Too really much. hard. She looks like a Muppet at this point. Very, very strange. Yeah, I enjoyed her as Gail Weathers in the Scream movies. Um she was also in uh, Masters of the Universe, the Dolph Lundgren That's one. That's right. Yeah, that was one of her early ones. Yeah, um, I enjoy her stuff too. But you're right; the plastic surgery does kind of distract. It kind of uh, sometimes as you get older, it gets hard to see past that. I don't know why a lot of people get into the plastic surgery. I get maybe every once in a while you want to Botox, keep the wrinkles down, whatever. But like the lip injections, and when you start modding your face. It, it, it just gets to be too much. Yeah. Trying to stay young and, you know, sometimes just age gracefully. And uh, I, yeah. I'm sure she would have if she didn't go the, the Muppet route. Every time I see her, she reminds me of the bassist from the uh, Muppet band. I forget her name, but. <laughs> the one that's like, hey. Exactly. They lips. Hey, Dr. Tito, nice to Yay. I don't know. Was her name Sunny? Sonny? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, our next friend, taking a look at whatever happened in the cast of Friends, would be Matthew Perry, who played Chandler Bing. Well, Perry has continued appearing mainly on TV shows in addition to being open about his struggles with substance abuse. During Friends, Perry became addicted to pain medications, lost a drastic amount of weight, and checked into rehab in 1997. He has since made efforts to focus on sobriety. In August 2018, the actor revealed that he was hospitalized for several months after undergoing gastrointestinal intestinal surgery. It's a hard word to say. Perry also alarmed fans after tweeting that he got kicked out of therapy. He later clarified writing, easy guys, it was just one session. I'm back in therapy where I belong. And uh, yeah, he's gone on to do some other bit parts uh, and he looks awful in this reunion special. Uh, but apparently he had some dental surgery the day before. So he's slurring his words because of that, not because he's back on the drinking horse. Oh, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he definitely didn't age well. No, no. But that's what happens when you have a, unfortunately, when you have a problem with substance abuse, uh, 
it can it can't bite you, man. Unfortunately, <laughs> it does. And then uh, let's quickly round out our last two friends before we go to the break. Uh, Lisa Kudrow played Phoebe Buffay. She's now an actor, producer, and writer. After Friends, Kudrow landed parts in movies like P.S. I Love You, Neighbors, Easy A, and The Girl on the Train. You might have also seen her appear as Congresswoman Josephine Marcus on a few episodes of ABC Scandal. In addition, Kudrow lent her voice to characters on BoJack Horseman and The Boss Baby. She also played Lori Ann Schmidt on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Cherie on Grace and Frankie, in addition to starring on The Good Place. I forgot she was in there. Um, yeah. Most of the time she's... She's also Michelle from Romeo and Michelle. Exactly. <laughs> this is her only big movie. Yeah, does a lot behind the camera now, but uh, great to see that she's still working. And then finally, let's talk about Matt LeBlanc, Joey Tribbiani on Friends. Well, his most recent role was the CBS sitcom Man with a Plan, which lasted four seasons. After Friends, LeBlanc landed a spinoff series called Joey. The series didn't achieve the success that its predecessor had and ended after two seasons. Since then, LeBlanc has appeared on Kudrow's Web Therapy. The actor's role on the show's episodes, which lasted from 2011 to 2017, earned him a Golden Globe win for Best Performance by an Actor in a Comedy or Musical uh, Series. LeBlanc also co-hosted and presented the British... Uh, automotive show Top Gear from 2016 to 2019. And uh, again, you go back and watch the reunion special. He's gotten a little pudgy. He's uh, he's about what you would expect Joe, Joey Tribbiani to look like at this age. So uh, I, I recommend going to check it out. It's not the best reunion special I've ever seen, but uh, definitely well worth it. And, it wasn't uh, as good as the Fresh Prince one? No. no. And nah. We'll connect offline on exactly what I thought about okay. it. But nice to see them all on screen together again. All right. Well, folks, you know what? We're headed into the break. We're headed into the final segment, not only of the day, but of the week. Yes, it's time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. We made it to the final segment, not only of the show, but of the week as well. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Thanks, Homer. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Spread it. Love it. Like it. Share it. Post it. Massage it. Hug it. it. Yeah. Sleep with it. Just, you know. Put it out there. Throw it out there. Exactly. It's easy. <laughs> yes. Well, folks, as we like to do at the end of each show, we like to drop a little knowledge. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, let's go ahead and kick things off with This Day in 1431. Joan of Arc is accused of relapsing into heresy by donning male clothing again, 
providing justification for her execution. Apparently, they thought she was worshiping Satan. Yeah, it's a good thing that she came back and rocked out with Bill and Ted. So, you know, like, hopefully she was able to change her great fate and and not have to deal with that. Yeah. And we know she got a good workout in with that uh, jazzercise aerobics, right? Yeah, she did. Real, <laughs> real good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to this day in 1830. Another dark spot in American history. U.S. President Andrew Jackson signs the Indian Removal Act, a key law leading to the forced removal of the Cherokee, Chickasaw, Choctaw, Creek, and Seminole tribes out of Georgia and surrounding states, setting the stage for the Cherokee Trail of Tears. That's awful. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it, that's a sad painting, too. I mean, I know it's the Trail of Tears, but just, uh, you know, everyone have to move. It's like it's their, it was their land, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously everything that happened in the past leads us to where we're at today. But needless to say, uh, you know, there there could have been other ways to go about it. And sadly, you know, as I mentioned, this is a dark spot on our history. But uh, you know what? Hopefully we learn from the past and move on. Exactly. Sad stuff, though. Yep. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1889, Edward and Andre Michelin incorporate the Michelin Tire Company. 1889, they were already making tires for cars that barely existed. Crazy to think that their company has lasted this long, and uh, probably you can get a good deal on Michelin tires at uh, your local Costco center. You sure can. I just happened to spend uh, uh, about $700 on uh, four of those Michelin tires. So, yeah, get a good deal. In fact, today's payday. Today pays off the credit card I had to put it on. There you go. Well... That last one goes with this one, because this day in 1928, the Dodge Brothers, Inc. and Chrysler Corporation merged together. Obviously, they're all under the Chrysler Corporation at this point, along with uh, Jeep, Fiat, and uh, oh, what was the other one? Well, you know, Chrysler is a car brand, doesn't exist anymore. Right. They're just more under, it's an umbrella they're, of exactly. cars, right? Yeah. Yep. Versus it being its own. Yep. Moving on this day in 1936, Alan Turing submits uncomputable numbers for publication in which he sets out the the theoretical basis for modern computers. Basically, he was the guy who came up with ones and zeros to four computations well before the first computers existed. And uh, part of a a great movie on his life is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, Well worth checking out if you're in the mood for a, a good drama. All right. Good to know. And that's neat that he came up with something like that. I mean, obviously, this stuff didn't create itself. It takes very smart individuals and groups of people to put everything that we do nowadays together. So Exactly. But we are thankful that uh, they at least set the stage for what we can do this day, you know, these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's keep rolling on this day in 1951. We talked about him yesterday uh, with a little slow start to his career. But after going 0 for 12, Willie Mays connects for his first major league home run. Uh, Later became just an icon of the sport and uh, goes to show, you know, just keep at it. Eventually, uh, you know, if you work hard enough, greatness may follow. You will. And he's a legend. So 0 and 12 don't mean squat. He was just in an early slump. Like exactly. at the beginning. So yep. yep. That's all that was. Made up for it uh, definitely uh, throughout his career. Yes. Yes, he did. 
Moving on this day in 1961, the last trip from Paris to Bucharest on the Orient Express ends uh, after 78 years. Crazy to think that that ran all the way up until 1961. Would have been an amazing thing to do like in the early 20s around the uh, time of uh, you know murder on the Orient Express and uh, you know obviously well before airplanes existed. Would have yeah, been a neat this thing. This one to really do. one cool thing about Europe is they got a lot of a uh, lot of like rail like trains that connect and things like that which is neat to take you around. Uh, the US has some too. But they are lengthy trips. Oof. Yeah. And more on the West Coast. You know, we've got a, a great one, the V&T Railroad that goes between Carson City and Virginia City. Um, you know, it gives you a sense of the Old West and the mining and, and fun stuff like that. Yeah, definitely good. All right. Let's move on this day in 1971. Paul McCartney releases Ram, his second solo album. Still not as good as with the Beatles. Hey, I had this idea for an album. I'm going to put out a solo record called Ram. Sorry, fellas, we can't do any new material because Ram needs to jam. <laughs> oh, this day in 1976, the 29th Cannes Film Festival Taxi Driver, directed by Martin Scorsese, wins the Palme d'Or. You talking to me? I don't see anybody else here, so you must be talking to me. Hey there, Bobby De Niro. <laughs> and that was really his breakout role. Um, Great movie, slightly disturbing, but uh, it put yeah, had him a young Michelle, young Michelle Pfeiffer, right? No, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, okay. Yep, but definitely put them on the map. All right, uh, this day in 1994, the twins Dave Winfield passes Rod Carew into 15th on the overall hit list with 3,054 hits. Uh, Dave Winfield, a, a wonderful baseball player, and uh, Rod Carew, you know, that was a a, a long held record that uh i guess wasn't beat until 1994 yeah that's good and i forgot that dave winfield played for the twins i always remember him really on the uh, angels and i think he had a stint on the yankees at one point i think too. he did too i i yeah. remember him growing up as a kid you know down in southern california and seeing yeah him he was play on he the was angels. On, yeah that's where i remember him mostly yeah this day in 1997 bob dylan is hospitalized in england with histoplasmosis, which is a fungal lung infection. I wonder if that's what caused him to talk like this. <laughs> but I don't know, because it's 1997. I ain't been doing that forever. <laughs> Great songwriter, terrible singer. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, this day in 1999, in Milan, Italy, after 22 years of restoration work, Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece, The Last Summer, is put back on display. Ooh. Imagine the care and the detail that had to go into restoring a work like that for 22 years. It's crazy. We had a uh, we had a replica of the Last Supper at our dinner table as a kid for some reason. Interesting. So, All right. I get why, but we were a religious family, so but we did have that up. I do remember that. It's weird. Whether you're That's one of those old Old weird memories that just like you said one thing and that came back. That thing is not, I haven't thought of that. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, well, there you go. regardless if you're religious or not, still a beautiful painting. Yes. All right. And then finally on this day in history, this day in 2006, Barry Bonds hits his 715th career home run passing Babe Ruth on the MLB all-time list. Of course, you know, there's that asterisk next to his name because yeah. he was juicing, but I've mentioned it before. I think 
everybody should juice in baseball because it would make it just that much more interesting. They need to make, yeah, they need to make the on TV product more entertaining. I'm going to baseball games live. A lot of fun. Exactly. A lot of fun. Watching it on TV, if it's not a playoff atmosphere, it's good. And I do got to say, I know we got holidays, but did you see that ridiculous baseball play yesterday with the Pirates and the Cubs? I did not, but we oh. do got to get in the I'll, holidays. Sorry, Tony. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> All right. My God, it was awful. <laughs> Where we talk about the things that I would like to celebrate. Power through these real quick. It is Amnesty International Day. It is Don't I like Amnesty Island. <laughs> Don't Friday. It is European Neighbors Day, International oh, Hamburger Day. I can get behind that. National Heat Awareness Day, National Brisket Day, National Death Busters Day, National Title Track Day, National Wig Out Day, and the Slugs Return from Capistrano Day. Whew. Like the wines of Capistrano. Exactly. That does it for the week. We are out on Monday with a best of, but we will see you guys all Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Peace.